You know, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, the Bible records that David made the decision to encourage himself in the Lord in the midst of a huge crisis. Let me just give you the setting. David and his men had just returned to find their city invaded by the Amalekites. And not only did the Amalekites plunder their city, but they also took their wives and their children. Can you imagine something so tragic as that? And as a result, the men were not pleased with David. As a matter of fact, they spoke of stoning him. They wanted to turn on him. In verse 4 it says, in 1 Samuel, Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. I mean, experiencing incredible grief. Not only that, but the last 13 years of his life were being threatened. He was being chased. He was being persecuted. And this is a time in David's life where it looked like it was impossible. In verse 6 it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Another translation says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. And I firmly believe that part of the reason David was able to face this insurmountable problem and not fold under the pressure, because I believe that David remembered past victories that the Lord had given him. And this is a way that you can deal with and process the challenges and the crisis of life that come to you. Do as David did. Make sure that you are encouraging yourself and you are strengthening yourself in the Lord. And we can do that by looking what the Lord has done. Now you remember when David faced Goliath. How many of you remember that? But... This was not the first time he faced challenges. We see his response in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 37. As he was encouraging himself to go out and face Goliath. And of course they were trying to talk him out of it. But notice in verse 37 what he said. The Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion. And he delivered me from the paw of the bear. And he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Because this Philistine doesn't know what I know. And this Philistine doesn't have what I have. He doesn't know El Elhim. He doesn't know the Most High God. And he does not have a covenant with a covenant-keeping God. Glory to God. So remember then the situations in your life that God has come through for you. Remember the victories. Rehearse the victories. Talk much about the faithfulness of God. And I tell you folks, if he did it then, and he did it in the past, he will do it again.
And I love what 2 Corinthians 2.14 says. It says, Now thanks be unto God, who always leads us in triumph, in Christ, and through our lives diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. He's not a sometime God. He's not a maybe God. He is a God of always. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the way maker as we sang about. And He always makes a way for us to come through what we're going through. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. And here's what really helps me. I look into the perfect law of liberty... And I look at the past tenses of God's Word. Now let me give you an example of one of the greatest past tenses of God's Word. The past tenses of God's Word not only affect your past, but also affects your present situation. In Colossians 1.13, for example, it says, Who has delivered us? Now has is past tense. It's not something that he's about to do. It's something that he's already accomplished by shedding his blood on Calvary, by going to the pit of the earth and by being raised from the dead. He has delivered us. He has delivered us from all manner of addictions. He has delivered us from all manner of unholy living. We have been delivered. And if that would just dawn on some people's spirit, they'd throw their drugs away. They'd throw their computers away. They'd throw anything away that has held them in bondage because Christ has delivered them from the power of darkness, but not only delivered them from darkness, but translated them into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the power of addiction is broken. The power of pornography is broken. The power of fornication is broken. Anything and everything that binds and hinders our life has been broken by the power of God. And we are a delivered bunch. Not about to be delivered. Say with me, I am delivered. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, look at this. Who delivered us from so great a death. How many of you can testify you've been delivered from going to hell? And you're on your way to heaven. And you're not just taking up space. Because on your way you're singing, you're shouting, you're dancing the victory. But not only that, you're serving God. Why? Because you've been delivered from death. We've got something to live for. Amen. Now notice with me, that's past tense. Who has delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you have been delivered from tragedy? Aren't you glad that no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling? Aren't you glad that your family is safe because you're living in the secret place and you're taking your place in Christ and you're pleading the blood of Jesus over their lives? Come on, somebody. Aren't you glad you made it to church today? I mean, you didn't have to walk. You didn't have to do this or that. Thank God you made it to church in style. Amen. He's delivered us. Past, and He delivers us presently. 
Amen. Now we need to be in faith for that. We need to be applying the blood and declaring the word of God over our lives and over our family and over our church and over our nation. He has delivered us and he does deliver us. But notice with me, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Glory to God. Talking about the great escape. We've been given the privilege of being sons and daughters of God. So when the trumpet sounds, you and I are not going to go through the tribulation. We're going to go on the first load. Come on, somebody. We're going to be raptured out of here in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, you and I are going to be changed. This mortal is going to put on immortality and he will yet deliver us. Hallelujah. One person said it this way, and he will do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. Now here's another past tense that we need to lay hold of. 1 Peter 2.24. It says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Amen. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Now notice this with me. By whose stripes... We're going to be healed. Your healing has been bought and paid for. By his stripes, what? You were healed. If I were healed, I are healed. And if I are healed, I is healed. Somebody says, but I still have pain in my body. I know it. But that has nothing to do with the fact that according to God's word, you were healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. We got any healed people in the house. So all I'm saying is this. It's helpful to look what the Lord has done. Don't forget to remember. David instructed his soul in Psalms 103. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's what you've been doing this morning. And then he says in verse 2, bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget to remember. Verse 3, who forgiveth half of your sins. No, he has forgiven all thine iniquities and he has healed you of all diseases. Is that good news or is that good news? Next verse, look at this one. This is shouting ground right here. Who redeemeth, he redeems your life from destruction. There is a destroyer out there, but we're not paying attention to the destroyer we're setting our affections on the redeemer now again where it says who redeemeth thy life from destruction in the uh, Hebrew it is in the continual sense past present and future say with me real strong he redeems my life from destructions he crowns us with loving kindness And tender mercies. Next verse. Who satisfies thy mouth 
with bad things. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Satisfied. Satisfaction. Hallelujah. The Rolling Stones may have sung, I can't get no satisfaction, but not us. We are satisfied because we long for Him and He satisfies the longing soul. Amen. He satisfieth thy mouth with good things. And here's a good one. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. How many of you receive that today? Say it with me. He's renewing my youth just like the eagles. So to get through what you're going through, encourage yourself in the Lord by remembering past victories. Now, when David encouraged himself in the Lord, the first thing that he called for was the ephod. And we notice in 1 Samuel chapter 30 in verse 7, And David said to Abathar the priest, Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought forth the ephod to David. Why is that significant? You see, the ephod was the breastplate that the priests wore. The ephod was the breastplate that even the high priests wore. And God communicated through the stones which were on or in the ephod. They had a pocket there. And there was one stone called the Urim. And there was another pocket that had their thermon in there. And so when they would inquire of the Lord and look to the Lord, the stones would light up. And so David is calling for the ephod. Now, how many of you know that we do not need an ephod today? We don't need to call up the priest. We don't need to have a breastplate lighting up, telling us which way to go. No, thank God we've got the word of God and we've got the spirit of the living God who leads us and guides us and instructs us in the way that we should go. Oh, hallelujah. And so... The best place to turn to when you're facing situation is always turn to the Word of God. So the Bible is full of promises that cover any situation in your life. If you're having marriage problems, you can go to Ephesians chapter 5 and you can read what the Word of God says about a husband treating his wife. Husbands, love your wives as your own selves. And then it tells how that wives are to treat their husbands. They're to reverence them. They're to show respect for them. They're to honor them. Right? So, in this case, I'm using the amplified version for us guys' benefit. Amen. Amen. But seriously, if you're having challenges in your marriage, the, the Word of God is your answer. The Word of God is always our answer. You know what the major answer to any problem in your life is? Is walking in love. If you will walk in love and be patient and kind and endure long, if you will walk in love and believe the best of every person, and not be so touchy or fretful or resentful, but believe the best of everyone. You will not fail in life. Amen. 
The answers for life's difficulties are in the Word. Somebody says, yeah, but my business is heading south. Well, aren't you glad that we serve a God that can point us out of the south and bring us back to the north? Amen. He can bring your business back. I'm going to say it again. He can bring your business back. He can restore unto you what COVID has ripped off from you. You will notice in this church today that our church is fuller than it was two years ago. Aren't you glad that there's more freedom, there's more liberty in this church than there's ever been before? Why? Because God is faithful and He's brought us back this far and He's going to bring us back all the way. So in this word, we have exceeding great and precious promises. That by these promises, you might be a partaker of the divine nature. And you will escape the corruption that is in this world. You will escape anything that's trying to hold you down and bring you down through these exceeding great and precious promises. So find the promise that covers your case. Look into the perfect law of liberty. Meditate on this word day and night. Think about how God's word applies to your situation. Find in the word of God the scriptures that cover your case. Amen. Amen. So say with me, God communicates with us by his word and by his spirit. Now, the next thing that David did, he inquired of the Lord. He remembered past victories. He was encouraging himself in the Lord. And then he asked of the Lord. He inquired of him. In verse 8, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Notice with me that David checked in. He did not just go by his emotions, but David wanted to make sure he got directions from God on what to do. And so he said, shall I do this? Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him and said, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, you're going to recover all. So God would never have told David that if that wasn't going to happen. So David then with confidence was able to move forward and pursue. Amen. Now he heard from God. But notice with me, he would not have heard from God if he had not asked him. And here's another jewel that you can receive today. Notice with me that he asked After he spent some time encouraging himself in the Lord. I believe that it's very important that we fill up before we pray. That we fill ourselves up with the word of God. That we spend encouraging ourselves, time encouraging ourselves in the Lord, and then we can inquire of the Lord. It'll put you in a much better place to hear from Him when you're not coming from a place of being drained. Fill up. Fill up. Here's what John says John 15, 7. He says, If you abide in me, 
and my word abides in you. Then you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people want it done unto them, but they do not want to do the first part of that verse. Uh Uh-uh. There's two things that must happen in our lives before we can pray with confidence. Number one, we need to live in Him. We need to abide in Him. A living communion, a living fellowship with Him. And my words live in you. Amen. When His words are living in you, you know what His will for you is. When His words are not living in you, you may not know what His will is. And that's why a lot of people pray, Oh God, do this if it be thy will. Well, how am I going to know what the will is? I look in the Word. Say with me, the Word of God tells me what the will of God is for my life. So if we abide in Him and His Word abides in us, then we will ask what we will and it shall be done unto us. Amen. So all I'm saying is this. It's good to be filled up and built up as you're processing what to do. And I'm going to say it again. Don't make major decisions while you're drained. Never make a major decision based on fear. Never make a major decision when you're tuckered out. Go to bed. Get a good night's rest. And wake up in the morning and start abiding in Him. Spend some time worshiping God. Come on. Spend some time praising God. And you'll notice that when you do that, His presence becomes known. Amen? Why? Because God lives in and He inhabits the praises and the worship of His people. Amen? So again, take some time to get yourself in a place where you can hear. Amen. Hear. Hear in your heart. Hear what the Lord is saying to you. Amen. Take some time to build yourself up. Now listen to this. So you are spirit led. Not emotionally led. Not other people's opinions led. Well, I think you ought to do this, and I think you ought to do that. Well, thank you very much, but I'm not going by what you think. I'd rather lean on what God says and what He thinks about it. Amen. Amen. So build yourself up so you're not opinion-led or fear-led. How about this one? Not money-led. Not money-led. Not head-led. In Romans 8.14, it says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can and should be led by the Spirit of God. Say with me, I'm a child of God. And as a child of God, I'm trusting Him to lead me and to guide me into all of the truth 
for my life. Many people not being led by the Spirit and being money-led and head-led have got themselves in a lot of trouble. They've gotten themselves out of the will of God. In one area, not the only area, of course, where people get deceived is they think because they're getting a promotion on a job and it's more money, but it's also meaning that you have to leave the area. Come on. And haven't even taken time to check out if there's a church in the area. Now, how many of you know there's churches everywhere? Right? But there's a church that's tailor-made just for you. There's a place for you. There's a place where God speaks to you. Amen. And understand this, that there's great churches all over the place, but you don't want to just go to a great church. You want to go to the church of God's choosing for your life. Because, folks, here's what happens. I've seen it happen over and over and over again in 45 years of full-time ministry. I've seen people get out of church. And, folks, when they're out of church, they're most likely out of the Word. And when they're out of church and they're out of the word, they're an open target for the enemy. Now, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. But over the process of time, the enemy will take advantage of people that are not in their place that God's called them to be. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not up here saying, hey, Heart of the Bay is the greatest church in the world. It's the greatest church in the Bay Area. No, there's a lot of great churches in the Bay Area. But if this is the church that God has got for you, there's no better place than here. So there's great value then in being able to pray in the Spirit. And be led by the Spirit of God. David inquired of the Lord. You know, praying in the Spirit is a gift a lot of people don't take advantage of. I'm just amazed at how many people in our church have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is no condemnation. This is not a put down. But this gift is available. Why wouldn't you want to partake of the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the privilege of being able to communicate supernaturally with a supernatural God. The value of praying in the Spirit cannot be measured. It is absolutely a gift that everyone should receive. Well, somebody says, can I go to heaven if I've not received the Holy Spirit? Well, sure, because you have the Holy Spirit in you. But there is a experience subsequent to salvation called the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of God is not just within you, but the Spirit of God comes upon you. And the Spirit of God in you and upon you enables you to supernaturally build yourself up and edify yourself as you're praying in the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Amen edifieth himself could you use some edifying could you use a little building up pray in the Holy Ghost much as you pray in the Holy Ghost much you're keeping yourself built up in Jude 20 it says this 
But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, doing what? Praying in the Holy Ghost. And so as we pray in the Spirit, here's what happens. It allows the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. Mark Brzee wrote a book called Guide on the Inside. Did you know that you have a guide on the inside? And so as a result of David inquiring of the Lord, he heard from God. And you can hear from God as well. He will give you the instructions. He will give you the steps to take to get through what you are going through. Once David heard, then the next thing he did is he acted on what he heard. Notice with me verse 9 and verse 10. It says, So David went, he and 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. Read verse 10 with me. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 men abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook of Brosur. Now notice in verse 15, I'm going to read right through verse 19. And David said, Canst thou not bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by thy God, that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me in the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. So on their way of pursuit, they ran into an Egyptian that was a servant of an Amalekite. And he got sick on the journey. And his master left him behind. And so as David was going to pursue the Amalekites, this little Egyptian was in a field very sick. So they fed the Egyptian. And they found out that the Egyptian was the servant of one of the Amalekites. And he said, can you tell us, can you take us where they're at? And he said, I will take you, but you've got to promise me that you're not going to kill me. And in verse 16, And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing, because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Now notice verse 17 and 18. And David smote them from the twilight even to the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. Read verse 18 with me. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. Woo, glory to God. Notice with me, he pursued, he recovered all, because he acted on the instructions that God had given them. And you and I have instructions. He said, but be doers of the word, not only this word that is in the word, but also the word that the Holy Spirit gives us. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Now notice verse 19, read it with me if you will. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything which they had taken to them. David... He recovered all. He recovered all. And what I want to say to you this morning is you too can recover all. You may have been stolen from. The enemy is a thief. He comes to kill, to destroy. Does he not? 
But if you will just follow these simple steps, if you will just encourage yourself in the Lord, remember the past victories. If you'll do that, and then you pray, and then you hear, and then you act, you can and will recover all in some fashion and in some form. He recovered all. He recovered the whole thing. Hallelujah. So here's another thing that I think is really, really important for us to catch hold of before we receive communion. David chose to encourage himself in the Lord. His destiny and dream came to pass within 48 hours after he recovered all. He became the king. He was anointed king. This was 13 years after Samuel had anointed him. He finally saw his dreams fulfilled. What's significant about that? I believe with all my heart, his men would have killed him and stoned him if he had not shut himself away and encouraged himself in the Lord. Folks, there's a lot on the line in your life and in my life. Encouraging ourselves in the Lord can be a matter of life or death. You see, they would have taken advantage of David's weakness. They would have taken advantage of him folding under the pressure. But instead, David stood up as a man of God right in their midst. And he said, I'm not going to allow that to happen to me. I've come too far. I've seen too many victories. I'm not going to stop here and stop now. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Oh, I like it. Do you like it? If he would have quit, he would have never seen his destiny. He would have never become a king. Now, I'm looking at a room full of kings. I'm looking at a room full of priests unto God. But don't you just sense in your spirit that God's got some more for you? Don't you just know in your heart that God's got some breakthroughs for you? On the verge of a breakthrough, don't give up. Don't give in. Stay faithful to God. Stay built up. And you will get to the place that God wants you to get to, to experience. Now listen, not just one breakthrough, but breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough in your life. Amen? So it's not all God, it's partly us. We need to co-labor with God on our way to miracles. We need to co-labor with God on our way of getting through. We need to do our part because we know one thing for sure. God will always do his part. Hallelujah. So David became king. And you can become everything that God desires for you to become. If you'll just hold steady 
rehearse what God has done, inquire of the Lord, and be a doer of God's word.